But you know what? I thought you were mysterious like my mother until it turned out the mysterious just meant depressed, all right? Hard to reach. I mean, I'm dying here. I don't like going out. You know that I get anxiety when I have to meet people. You know how hard that is. Everything you touch turns to shit! Like King Midas' idiot brother. Jesus. But if you two aren't the biggest pair of fuck-ups I've ever met in my entire life... Hello, everyone, and welcome to Give Us a Second, a mini-sode series brought to you by the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is our 26th edition, a preview of Coming Attractions Volume 2. This is was my second time going through the trailers that we're going to cover on this episode today. I will say, I, I'm definitely more excited for this summer's worth of movies than I feel like I've been in many years for at least like the releases of the summer and like kind of what the big blockbuster movies are for the summer i know some of these that we're covering are like leading into the fall but i can say i'm pretty excited about this summer okay summing it up there you go (laughs) yeah this is just going to be a little taste of what's to come this summer as far as what's at your local cinema plus a little bit of netflix television oh that's right in here as well before we jump into the these trailers, let's remind our listeners to follow the show on Twitter at GreatestPod, subscribe to our show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Rate and review. Give us a rating and review. Hit us up if you want a sticker. Those are oh, yeah. still available at the moment. Still trying to get someone to maybe do a new design, you know, see if we can get another run going. So that's yeah, out there. Use, uh, we could use a new logo. Yeah. Freshen it up a little that's bit. Right. In addition to all of that, in just a couple of days, it'll be June, and it'll be time for our first ever One Trashy Summer, kicking yes. off a themed month, which is always fun. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. After that, we are going to return to On the Record for a third episode wow. at some point in July. I had forgotten about that completely. We have a big two-part Give Us a Second plan for July as well. Yes, so we do. A lot is going on for the rest of the summer as far as the greatest moments in the history of forever so a lot to be excited about absolutely including these movies yes let's do it (laughs) first trailer is midsummer directed by ari aster who directed my favorite film of last year hereditary i love the look of this right from the beginning of the first teaser trailer we saw where the a24 logo comes on and it's like all the flowers like growing around it i'm like yeah this is awesome it's interesting because it's a horror movie that looks to be primarily in the daylight, which is its own yes. unique kind of horror. Certainly. It's very bright. A lot of people dressed in white. I think Ari Aster himself described it as the Wizard of Oz for perverts. Yeah. It definitely has like a certain like trippy vibe to it. It stars Florence Pugh from Fighting With My Family. That's right. And Lady Macbeth. A show favorite. And Will Poulter, who... You might remember from V. We Are the Millers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like the kid wow. that gets his what a pull. nuts bitten by like the tarantula. Okay. <laughs> so quite a career. Yeah, he's been around f- right. for a while. The uh, the one guy, I know he's like cheaty on A Good Place or The Good Place. Okay. So there's a couple familiar yeah. faces. Star-studded. Looks like it's a festival in Sweden. Every 90 years this thing happens. Yeah, it is strange. I mean, you're expecting like... 
Coachella or something, and they show up, and there's like 18 Swedish people dressed in white. <laughs> yeah, you take like one look at that crowd that's assembled I, and be like, like all right, we gotta idea, go. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Daft Punk was playing. Yeah. What is this? <laughs> this is like Fire Festival Part Two. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing with like a ceremony. It has a very cult feel to it. Obviously with movies like this you don't want the trailer to give away too much yeah so there's a big mystery at the center of it that us as viewers are not really sure what this is about what's going to happen i mean it definitely has that vibe of just like keeping you on the edge of your seat psychological fucking manipulation and horror not unlike hereditary or movies like the witch that some people are seemingly really down on but you and i are really into yeah i definitely think that a24 traffics in very polarizing films that you need to get on the wavelength of or you might end up bored with i do think hereditary became one of those things where you know like how there was that dress that some people said was blue and some people said was right whatever yeah or like laurel and yanni like some people hear laurel some people hear yanni or whatever in that recording like hereditary was just like one of those things where I can't imagine not thinking that was the scariest thing ever. I know. It and yet some people were just bored with it. Days after I saw it. It was so Same bizarre and Witch, upsetting. Too. But I guess it kind of comes back to like, you and I both really like David Lynch. And a lot of people don't. I love The Witch, but I could see that makes more sense to me. People were bored with that. I, I loved it. I don't personally. know. I thought when we saw it in the theaters twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was creeped out both times. I definitely was not as scared as Hereditary, which... Yeah. was maybe the most scared I've been in years and right, years okay. of the movie. But, yeah, I love The Witch, though, too. This looks like potentially a combination of the two or something completely different. Is I mean, it- <laughs> we keep referencing The Witch. Ari Aster did not have anything to do with The Witch. Right, right. It's just In fact, that guy's new movie is coming out soon, too. Which I'm Lighthouse. assuming will have a similar vibe, but yeah, I don't Yeah, I've heard know. that's awesome as well. Okay. A lot of new things being talked about because the Cannes Film Festival just wrapped up. Should we take this time again? Or I guess maybe we'll have another opportunity on this episode to go back and correct the Pet Cemetery episode. What do you mean? You know, make How sure that we... We buried it We state that it's terrible. <laughs> well, it was disappointing, but I think, unlike Game of Thrones fans, I've moved on with my life. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not starting an online petition right. about it. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, well, yeah, I didn't really like it. Now, moving okay. on. Let's go see Booksmart. <laughs> By the way, Midsummer will be released on July 3rd, according yeah. to the internet. Well, that was kind of fun when we were watching the trailers earlier. It seemed like there was going to be kind of a nice little run here. Like, we have something else coming. You the know. next day. Right. Released onto Netflix, season three, Stranger Things. Not a whole lot of plot to be no. taken from but this that's trailer. Better. The big difference will be that, unlike the previous two seasons, this will be taking place during the summer. Yeah. It's going to give us a different perspective on Hawkins and right. all of its little Definitely we're getting a lot of, and... you know, just <laughs> flashing 80s. This one seemed the most 80s. Right, yeah. When did the first one take place? Was that 83 or 84? I don't know. So we've moved like a couple of years. Okay. It's probably supposed yeah. to be like 86. I do think that the time period that people most associate as 80s was probably more post-85. Yeah, okay, right. I think aesthetically pre-85 is very reminiscent of what you would think of as like the 70s. Well, what when is stuff. like the Brett Easton Ellis 80s? What do you mean? <laughs> well, 
I think Lesson Zero came out in 85. Okay. I think. I'm all in on this trailer. <laughs> all right. I, I, well, I think Stranger Things is more John Hughes 80s than Brady yeah. Sinella's 80s. I don't, <laughs> they have 11 Not just doing coke. Well, That's why her nose, nose is bleeding bleeds. all the time. <laughs> but I love all these quick shots and not really revealing too much. I mean, I love the universe still. I love all of the nods to the 80s and everything. Loved the trailer for season two. You know, I wasn't really the biggest fan of the actual season of it. I didn't really feel like they had much of a plot for season two. Yeah, I didn't hate season two, but it certainly wasn't memorable. Right. It felt like a retread of season one. Yes. And it does look like they're taking some different angles this season. Possibly. I like the angle where Eleven and Max are going to be friends. Yeah. I liked the addition of Carrie Elwes as some sort of a politician or something. Right, yes. Where can the show go from here? I don't know. Yeah. It seems like... If something major was going to happen, they would have come up with it for season two. So I don't really know. It was weird. The, the way that season two ended was just so, for lack of a better word, strange. Like, <laughs> I, I just felt like something bad was going to happen. Like, there was something more there. And it just sort of ends on everything working out for people. Yeah. Well, so. maybe this will be the Empire Strikes right. Back okay. of the yep. Stranger Things. Eleven will get her hand cut off. <laughs> Yeah, this one looks to focus on growing up angst, for yes. sure. Which I always enjoy. The main kid who went to the Upside Down in season one, what's his name, Will? Will. It seems like he's having a hard time. Maybe some of his buddies are growing up a little faster, which yeah. happens. For sure. You know, when you're in a group of friends. They don't really want to play magic anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's looking longingly at a yeah. picture of them dressed up like the Ghostbusters. Right. But, to continue from our last episode... Looks like there's going to be some 80s mall action in Stranger Things 3. Which we're always up for. Yeah. So that's exciting. Yes. That alone should get us there. (laughs) We talked about Midsummer, which should be a fun horror movie. We talked about Stranger Things 3, which at the very least should be a pleasant diversion for a weekend. (laughs) (laughs) You can knock out that in a weekend and be like, okay. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be done with it before I even start. Yeah, I always need things to get through the day. Right. (laughs) But now it's time for the big one. The biggest, most anticipated movie, at least in our universe, for this year. In this town, I can all change like that. Hey! You're Rick fucking Dalton. Don't you forget it. Coming July 26th. The ninth film from Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Hard to feel like this can't be like the greatest movie of the year. You know (laughs) what I mean? At least the year. It's got Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Al Pacino, Margot Robbie, Dakota Fanning, Timothy Oliphant, Kurt Russell, Luke Perry. That Margaret Qualley or whatever. Margaret Qualley. We we like so much. (laughs) (laughs) So many people in it. As I mentioned, the Cannes Film Festival just wrapped up. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood debuted there. The early reactions seem to be over-the-top positive for the most part. All right. Everyone seems excited. I'm going to read a couple of quick little blurbs. I could have written down any number of them. I just grabbed a couple of the top ones I saw. From The Guardian, five stars. Quite simply, I defy anyone with red blood in their veins not to respond 
to the crazy bravura of Tarantino's filmmaking not to be bounced around the auditorium at the moment-by-moment enjoyment that this movie delivers. From Cineview, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is bold, beautiful, and brutal. It's Tarantino's best film since Kill Bill, perhaps even since Pulp Fiction. Wow. A lot of things written like that. Sure. It seems insanely fun. I will say, and I've said it for a while in conversations that you and I have had, through the Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, Hateful Eight, loved all those movies in the theaters, haven't really cared that much about revisiting them afterwards. I certainly have. Did you see that Netflix released that extended version? I did, yeah. I have not dug into that. (laughs) Yeah, it's four, like, 45-minute episodes or something. Uh, But Django Unchained, I don't think I've ever seen since the time I saw it in theaters. I believe I've watched it it once since then. This, to me, feels like it's going to have a lot of rewatchability to it. Uh, Yeah, I'm already planning on multiple (laughs) theater experiences with this. I don't know. It looks amazing to me. It looks so fun. It looks like the scenes between Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are just going to be like such a good time. Brad Pitt strangely seems like he's doing the exact same voice as his character from Inglorious Bastards, <laughs> but I'm in anyway. I was telling you before we started recording that Tarantino seems to have pulled a little bit of a Terrence Malick with this and left a lot of actors on the cutting room floor who were listed in the right. cast, including some of his regulars like tim roth and michael madsen yeah they thought they were gonna have like crucial parts in this movie well i don't know about that but yeah i don't think so. uh damian lewis is playing steve mcqueen i think he's like barely in it wow. i've heard a couple other people are, are in it but they're barely in it it's well i'm sure he was ride. trying to like include all sorts of like weird references and like yeah characters from hollywood in this time period i'm gonna love the day when we get a four-hour director's cut blu-ray of this with everything included because yeah. that should happen eventually. And let's be honest. I mean, the second that Margot Robbie was cast in this movie as Sharon Tate, you knew that like at least you and I were going to be the biggest fans of this movie. I'm very interested to see how this plays out because yeah. I was very nervous for this movie in the sense that we saw Inglorious Bastards. Yep. We know that he Quentin likes history. to have fun yeah. with messing with history. And it's one thing if what you're changing is giving Adolf Hitler a brutal death. It's like no one's going to complain about sure, that. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Plus, World War II seems so long ago. Right. Now, yes, 1969 seems so long ago as well, but uh, you know, Sharon Tate's sister is still alive. Sure, it's like yeah. a lot of people are still alive. And if you go messing with the past and make it weird and people don't like it, it could definitely go bad. For sure. So I don't know, but I don't know exactly what happens. I mean, thankfully, it hasn't been spoiled for me yet. So, and really, I, mean, I don't know. It's so hard to gauge where this movie is heading. I mean, we finally got like the connection in this last trailer, like the most recent full trailer. But the tone of the first trailer, when I first seeing it, yeah, I was like, okay, well, this feels different than what I was originally picturing. Yeah, it definitely seems comedic. I've heard it's darkly comedic but also very violent. Okay. There's the fictionalized side of it, which is DiCaprio and Pitt's characters. DiCaprio playing kind of a B actor. Right. Fading into obscurity with his stunt double played by Brad Pitt. He happens to live on the same street as Sharon Tate. It looks like Brad Pitt's character gets introduced to the Manson family. Yeah. I'm just going by what we see in the trailer. So there's all these little connections. It's supposed to interweave. A lot of different things, a la Pulp Fiction, maybe. Okay. Although probably not as 
wild, you know, jarring yeah. and juxtaposed, you know, jumping around in time necessarily, but a lot of different stories going on. I'm very excited. I don't really know what else to say about it other than it's the most anticipated movie for me Absolutely. in a long time. I'm just ready to show up and like whatever happens, you know. <laughs> and supposedly he's only doing one more movie after this. Yeah, I still don't know if I buy that, but yeah, we'll see. At some point, he's gonna go back to this. We're gonna do. I guess like we'll see ten more Kill Bill movies. How things go with this movie if it's a success? Yeah, I mean, I will say if there was any reason to stop, it would be like dealing with all of the people and the media and like the reactions to things. Now it's seemingly so much worse than like it's ever been. Yeah, I mean, this isn't really the appropriate time for us to get into all that. Sure, stuff sure. I'm just, it's saying, just a, it'll lead to me ranting, right? And raving I get it. For I just, twenty minutes. If I was, like, in that position, like, if I ever had, like, that amount of money, I would just be like, you know what, guys? I'm done. I'm just not going to make movies then. Yeah. If this is, like, what it's for, I mean, why am I even doing this then? Yeah. I'll just go, like, Obviously, sit on the there's beach. going to be people coming for him and trying to take him down, but the thing that will ultimately win out is if the movie is just undeniably great. Sure, sure. Then there really will be nothing anyone can do about it, because people will just be like, well, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> so too bad. shut up. Okay, from the incredible, brilliant, unbelievable Quentin Tarantino to something a little bit different. I thought you were going to say to the more brilliant. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, that's right. Brought to us by The Fast and the Furious. (laughs) The spinoff movie starring The Rock and Jason Statham. And you got to feel like it's from the mind of Dwayne Johnson. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, it does feel like he was pitching some of the story. Yeah, the real life feud between The Rock and Vin Diesel has spilled out into Jason Statham and The Rock being given a spin-off movie of their own, which is part of the Fast and Furious universe, but will only star those two. Sure. And yeah. it seems like I I don't know if this is for sure, but it seems like The Rock is not going to be in the regular versions anymore of Fast and yeah. Furious. How crazy when you think back to that first, the Fast and the Furious movie, like this weird kind of two thousand one drama, kind of Point Break esque, to what this has become now. It's more strange when you think of how dead in the water the franchise was after Tokyo Drift. Right, no one cared about it anymore. Yeah, I guess the gap between three and four isn't as many years as you think, but it definitely seemed like a lot of time had gone by and people just moved on. Yeah, I do remember people being happy that it was coming back for four and yet four got terrible reviews sure, it wasn't yeah. until five right that everything changed for some reason yeah five i guess they just decided to embrace like, making them as ridiculous as it. possible yeah. taking the roadhouse route <laughs> yeah which we enjoy yeah and fast five is probably the best of the series in my opinion okay sure some people say seven some people say eight i I like five as well i think five is the best six was okay but almost too ridiculous at the end yeah and there was some fun ridiculous sequences though yeah a lot of people love seven because it's paul walker's farewell yeah i thought it was okay eight was pretty fun (laughs) i don't know wrap my head around those farewell scenes not really sure what was going on there. Yeah, I don't know. On the beach and driving away. I guess they were just like, he died, but he didn't die like in the movie, really. Okay, yeah. But, I don't know. They right. just decided not to really address it directly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of bros shedding tears in the theater that day. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I think we kind of came back and had a couple Coronas afterwards. Yeah. 
toasted the family. Yeah, that's right. After the eighth one, I guess they realized there was a lot of chemistry between Statham and The Rock. They kind of right. gave them the post credit scene, which was not approved by Vin Diesel. Sure. It really yeah. led to like a whole thing, apparently. Okay. This is all allegedly. You just read this shit. Right. Yeah, who knows what's really true or not. Yeah. I'm just saying, I mean, the, the Rock knows how to work an angle, so... Yeah. Don't be surprised if it's all work. Yeah, this all leads to some sort of a match at WrestleMania <laughs> right, or something, yeah. which people were speculating about years ago. I've kind of given up on that idea because it never happened because people were talking about it so long ago. Yeah, never say never. Things took a crazy turn when the rumors come out that Vin Diesel was talking to John Cena to be in the next Fast and the Furious, oh, almost to like, replace The Rock. Yeah. I don't know. It I does don't know. seem well, very... I mean, I mean, this whole thing, like somehow Vin Diesel was able to like make this whole thing like his baby you know this universe and then yeah. it's like the rock gets involved and it's all of a sudden like you know people are really into the rock yeah it's just i, I hate that like egos get in the way because if you got to luckily be a part of something like well, i'm this, sure these people like fucking ludicrous are like guys <laughs> like let's not fuck this up for i'm a, making like millions of dollars here honestly to, like, show up vin diesel is in that same camp in yeah, my opinion for it's sure. like all of the other people are like Except for when they bring in, like, Charlize Theron or or Helen Mirren or whoever. Like, when they bring in outside people, it's different. But that core group, whether it's Tyrese or Ludacris or Michelle Rodriguez, it's like they don't really have a lot of other right. paydays coming that are like this. But you've definitely gotten the vibe that Vin Diesel gets to, like, pitch a lot of the stuff that ends up in these movies. Well, he probably thinks, especially now that Paul Walker's dead, that, like, if he left, it would be over. Yeah. But I don't think Sorry, so. Buddy. I think it's yeah. become a brand. <laughs> they so much money. They'd yeah. find a way to keep it going. I think it's become a brand, and he probably realized at some point that they could just go Cut him out. forward with The Rock as like the main guy, and that probably pissed him off. Um, so here we are. Hobbs and Shaw, yeah, and a spinoff. Idris Elba's the villain. He plays like a genetically engineered soldier. Which is ridiculous, but more of it. Jason Statham's character's family is involved. Somehow. His sister now. Which I love you bring up the point when we're watching the trailer. It's like, not for nothing, this is the dude that killed Han. Yeah. You know? A beloved character. Right. And now we're just supposed to be like... Did he also kill Gal Gadot, or was that the other villain? I don't know. I think she just died in an action sequence. So well, it was still like, somebody's fault. <laughs> Whoever I, the villain is. I at kind the of time. remember her like sacrificing herself. Like she jumped out of a moving Yeah, that's smart of yeah, her. Right. Good move on her part. <laughs> she was like, eventually I'm gonna get Wonder Woman. <laughs> but they're working together, Hobbs and Shaw, to take down this new villain. Teresa Kirby plays Statham's sister. Helen Mirren returns as the mother. For some reason, we know all of these details about this guy's family. Yeah. <laughs> and Roman Reigns, another wrestler, and you're like, somehow oh, no. involved. Playing. I was like, do you think we'll see a spear, a Superman punch, or both? Probably both. Yeah. He plays The Rock's brother. This comes out a week after Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on August 2nd. I mean, we're just going, like, every weekend in the summer is yeah, it's be already off booked. the charts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're positioning that as a late summer movie, which is typically not as big as the spring movies. So I guess they're not expecting Fast and the Furious level numbers, or well, else they probably would have come out with that earlier. We'll see how it does. It could be taking the next like Fast and the Furious slot, you know, the sequel. Yeah, I think if it does well, they probably would do more of the Hobbs and Shaw 
spinoff. I could definitely I can't see that imagine happening. that The Rock not being in the main movies is written in stone. Now, I just can't believe that. Obviously, they're throwing a ton of shit into this movie. Just from the trailer alone, you're like, okay, we're going to be all over the place. There's going to be all sorts of long, ridiculous action sequences, and it seems like it's going to be fun. But it also seems like there's a high potential for, like, it could be terrible. Well, I'm sure it'll be terrible, but it'll probably be fun, though. Sure. Which is kind of how all of them are. I mean, th- right. the idea that, like, ever since Fast Five that they're getting, like, 80% and above on Rotten Tomatoes is absurd. I mean, they're still I know. just insane movies. But you never know until you sit down in the theater. I mean, if the flow of something is, like, so off and stupid, sometimes it's hard I to I have be faith it. because David okay. Leach directed it. I think that's how you say his yeah. name, or Leitch, who did Atomic Blonde and some other stuff and was involved with John Wick. I, th- I, right. I think, like... So it'll most likely be a good time. Yeah, I, I don't think this guy's just, like, some amateur right. hour guy. Yeah. I think it'll probably be well put together. And, I mean, come on, dude. In the trailer, The Rock is using this giant chain to lasso a helicopter out of <laughs> I know, midair. I'm so And then pulling the helicopter right. as the truck is being lifted off the... I mean, Either going around on. the corner and he's holding the helicopter, yeah. No, just by, by that alone, I was like, okay, no matter what, The Rock what, is the awesome. strongest yeah. man in the world. So, okay, so then let's just say it now. There's definitely going to be a Hobbs and Shaw sequel. Probably. Yeah. It'll probably do huge business. I think that sometimes Hollywood and people who write about it and think about it, they get way too caught up with like things like positioning release dates. Sure, when in yeah. reality, the audience will go if right. they want to see it. It's yeah, like yeah. They could release Hobbs and Shaw any day of the year, and the same people are going to see oh, it. Oh, absolutely. The people that want to see it are going to see it. It doesn't matter what day it comes right. out. All right, so moving right along into the next month, September, September 6th, we get the highly anticipated follow-up to... The reboot of It from 2017. Yeah. This is It Chapter 2. Right now, I would consider what they have released as kind of a teaser trailer because sure. it's really just one scene. And but it's a, a long few clips. teaser. Yeah, I think it's still a kind of a teaser trailer. I like, would agree. Because it's yeah. just focused on the one scene right. for almost the whole thing. It's the Mrs. Kirsch scene, for those of you who are familiar with the book or from the 1990 miniseries where the grown-up version of Beverly, now played by Jessica Chastain, returns to her childhood home to find an old lady living there, Mrs. Kirsch, who seems normal at first, and then the whole thing starts to slowly reveal itself to be a a trick by Pennywise the Clown. I think this scene is fucking cool. It looks good in this trailer. For sure. We got kind of excited about It Chapter 1, and I think we were... Yeah. I mean, saying we were let down is too harsh. I think we were kind of like ambivalent on part one we thought it was okay right there was definitely parts in it that i really liked yeah but there and was now a lot in retrospect that... comparing it to the pet Oof. cemetery reboot it's oh, a thousand yeah. times better than right. that <laughs> i will say that this scene looks cool yeah i know they're not going to go all the way with it for longtime listeners of the show oh no <laughs> who yeah, listen right. to Stephen King's It Parts 1 and Part 2 way back in the day when we Probably did that like for Greatest October. One of our more polarizing moments on this show. Really? I think so. Did people react to it? Yeah, it was divisive. <laughs> I, well, you're going to have to tell me about this. No, I mean, I... <laughs> yeah, I read some of the crazy shit that happens in this specific scene that we're talking about, the Mrs. Kirsch yeah. scene when she turns into Beverly's father. Or Pennywise. Does. I'm just like projecting that it was divisive on people. Yeah, because I wild. picture some of the people that could have listened to it. It's an, ex- an explicit journey through the mind of Stephen King. Yeah, we already know from Chapter One of this It series that they're not going to push the envelope with that shit, though. 
Right. It seems like the first one, this will probably be an R-rated movie made for children, which is how almost every R-rated movie is now. There can never be anything that is too upsetting or But I thought controversial. That this scene was done pretty cool. It's pretty creepy. I like it. Yeah. I'm in. I love that there's actually real actors playing these grown-up characters. In like, addition to Chastain, we have James McAvoy, Bill Hader, amongst others. It feels like it brings like a legitimacy to the whole project. Yeah. I think, anyway. This is 27 years after the first one, just like the book. Unlike the book, though, instead of it being the 50s into the 80s, it's the 80s into now. Sure, yeah. But whatever. I, I mean, I get that. They're targeting an audience way younger than people that would care about the 50s. So, right. you know, they're not going to bother doing that. So, yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah, I hope that we get some of the scenes that were talked about for part one where we see flashes through history, some more of like... I'm hoping for that as well. More backstory into the... Pennywise thing that can go horribly wrong but if they stick to some of the highlights of the stuff from the book it should be okay and I really, interesting I did think a lot of the stuff w- with the kids was good in the first movie yeah I mean the kids were strong there was just a genericness to a lot oh, of I it agree with that. that part of it was the kids though I, I was having a hard time remembering which kid was True. which they I, blended well, yeah. together a lot it definitely stu- it definitely was about like four of the kids for me and then the other ones were sort of just blending into the back i mean as long as they can deliver the stand in the bathtub scene yeah and a couple of the other key moments then they probably are going to have a huge advantage on the miniseries because everyone who even loves the miniseries has to admit that the ending stinks because they just didn't have the budget for anything good now honestly the ending that they do in the miniseries is pretty much the same ending as the book it's just it looks really bad right as much as I love Stephen King, that probably could be improved upon. I would almost rather the last confrontation be with something like the, that still talks yeah, rather than a ridiculous spider. Right. But who knows? At the very least, it'll probably look better than the miniseries. Yeah. It, the sad thing for me is like the thing I'm down on most for both movies is the look of Pennywise. I just don't think it looks great. Yeah, uh, I'm not I, a huge fan of the Pennywise look either. You know, I prefer a normal clown that turns evil because that's how it is in the right. book, and that's what makes sense to me. If it's evil from the beginning, kids would be running away from it. But I love how it works in this trailer for the second one where he is this old woman and all this like weird shit is happening. Yeah. But then like at the end of the trailer when you actually see him, it's kind of like, eh, I don't know. But I think there's going to be enough good in this. I'm definitely still excited for it, and I think it's going to be like at the very least enjoyable. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I, I don't think, think I'm going to love it, but I think I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, and I think they're going to do stuff that they didn't get to do in the miniseries that was from the book. I think sure. I, I, yeah. You can already tell a little bit from the scenes that I think there's going to be a couple of scenes that they left out of the miniseries that were from the book. So we'll see. I'm excited to see it just because I love the book so much. I think it's probably one of my favorite top three, yeah. top five books ever. That. Yeah. I've read it a bunch of times. I've listened to the audiobook read by Steven Weber twice all wow. the way through. Holy I might cow. go for a third before this movie comes out. I used to think that my life was a tragedy. But now I realize it's a comedy. October 4th. From Todd Phillips, director of such films as Old School I know, and when, Hangover. When you watch this trailer, you're like, wow, Todd Phillips, huh? 
starring you Joaquin Phoenix, it. we get Joker. It looks like in this standalone Joker movie, the idea will be a failed stand-up comedian who's driven insane and becomes a psychopathic murderer, at least according to IMDb. Yeah. I like the idea. The trailer looks awesome. I mean, like just like the look of it. It definitely feels like a little bit of a throwback to like the Christopher Nolan kind of look. Yeah, and there's also a heavy Scorsese influence. Yeah, to Taxi Driver, to The King of Comedy. It even has De Niro playing a late night right. host, yes. which seems like a nod because Scorsese was a producer at one point on the film. I do not oh, okay. think he still wow. is. Bradley Cooper, though, is still a producer. Oh, how about that? Helping his buddy out. That's right. I was desperately trying to figure out when does this movie take place because it's clearly not modern. Yeah. And it seems like it's set in 1981, which is like a very cool year to set it in because, like I said, the early 80s feel like the 70s. Yeah. 1981 just seems like a bleak year for some reason. (laughs) I think so, yeah. I don't know why. It seems to be heavily taken, at least like aesthetically, I don't know if necessarily story-wise, from... The Killing Joke by Alan Moore. I've heard that was a big influence on okay, it. Okay, yeah. Which is a pretty brutal Batman-Joker story. Obviously, Batman is not going to be in this as an adult. I think young Bruce, Bruce Wayne, Wayne will be. Right. So it's not going to be the story of The Killing Joke, but there will probably be elements from it. And the clown makeup itself seems to be heavily lifted from serial killer John Wayne Gacy, who oh, wow. dressed up like a clown. Not to kill people, but... For fun. For fun. He yeah. entertained as a clown and then killed boys on the side. Right. <laughs> on the side. And buried them all in that crawl space in his house. This will be the launch of a new division of DC films where they make standalone movies that aren't going to be part of anything bigger and they won't be sequels. Because I love the idea. Joaquin Phoenix was courted many times by Marvel. They wanted him to play Doctor Strange. They wanted him to play the Hulk after Ed Norton left, before they got Mark Ruffalo. And he always turned them down because he didn't want to be tied down to doing Marvel movies yeah. for 25 years. It would be hard for me to picture him in one of those roles. Yeah. It fits in this. I mean, all his Paul Thomas Anderson work and everything where he's playing like these dark, weird, fucked up characters. Yeah, he looks super skinny in this. Yeah, Maybe yeah. even more skinny than The Master, which right. he looked fucked up in. This looks even more disturbing. It just looks like a really... Oh, sad, yeah. upsetting version of a supervillain where you're almost are going to feel sorry for him and cheer him as he gets revenge and kills people. <laughs> you're just going to be like, yeah, fuck the world. Exactly. <laughs> Which I can always get behind. And yeah, like the weird loser nerd incels that always use the Joker as their like avatar, whether it's Heath Ledger or okay. Jared Leto. Yeah. I mean, this is just going to continue now because oh, yeah. it's going to be like, oh, look how society has turned me into this villain. Right, right. You know? <laughs> oh, God. But it looks like as much as you can make a movie about a comic book character feel like a real movie that stands apart from that, it looks like that's being accomplished with this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. In that sense, you're right. It is very much of the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight universe in that it seems to be more grounded in reality. Yeah. And I would say it looks even less like a blockbuster superhero movie than The Dark Knight. Oh, for sure, yeah. I don't know what their expectations are for this. I don't know what the budget was. I know De Niro's in it. Joaquin Phoenix is in it. Mark Maron is in it. Wow, how about that? I don't know if they're expecting this to be like a $500 million worldwide gross. Probably not. Yeah, I, I mean, think. it seems like it's rated R and it's going to be pretty grim. 
I like movies like this. I don't know if this sure, is going to yeah. connect to the new Matt Reeves Batman that's I'm thinking happening. probably not, right? Yeah, there's a new Batman cast. It's going to be Robert Pattinson playing Batman, I guess. This or, is what I can't figure. So Affleck is out. Yes. But the Justice League universe is still going on from what they've started or Well, at least we know that the sequel to Wonder Woman is coming out next year, I believe, and I'm sure they're going to be doing multiple sequels to Aquaman since it was such yeah. a big hit. So I'm not really up on all of the inner workings of DC. I don't I don't oh, know what their plans are. Me neither. Whatever. So we're right now we're just looking forward to this Joker movie which as we mentioned is not connected to anything else and seems to just be a standalone. In fact, I wouldn't even rule out the idea of Jared Leto still playing the Joker again at some point, which okay, yeah. is kind of horrifying to think about. But <laughs> The DC universe is getting a little murky then. Yeah, they just keep throwing stuff at a right. wall, hoping yeah. something will stick. But then they'll do something like, Aquaman made like a billion dollars. Oh, that's true. And Wonder Woman made like a... So you're like, you feel sad for them, and then you're like, well, they stumble onto a hit right. every now and then. Sure. A second Suicide Squad coming out, too. Yes, James right. Gunn will be doing a new Suicide Squad movie, which I believe will have Margot Robbie returning as Harley Quinn. But Everybody else seems to be up in the air. I guess okay. Will Smith is not coming back. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? He's doing that, though, before Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which he was brought back to do okay. after being fired. Right. Okay, the last one. Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker, December twentieth, yeah. the final chapter of the Skywalker saga. We're back in. I mean, like I said to you earlier, it feels like kind of like this whole thing with this new trilogy has already like come and gone like so quick. I, I don't know. I feel like I haven't even had time to like become a fan. Yeah, I just feel like with those old movies, you just lived with them for so long. Right. True. After they were out on VHS. Because all of them came out before you were born. Oh, I think. Yeah, for sure. Me too, probably. I know Return of the Jedi came out in 83, the year I was born. So probably before. You had almost 17, 18 years before yeah. The Phantom Menace. So you had all this time to live with those VHS tapes and really get into Star Wars. For and, sure. And you learn the lore if you want to. There's stuff beyond the movies, just well, like Game of Thrones or whatever. And you definitely weren't getting other spin-off movies in between every year. No, it just was nothing. And then they do the prequel trilogy. Again, no spin-off movies. That took from 1999 to 2005, and that's just the end of it. Right. You thought. And then Lucas sells it to Disney, and Disney's just go. been churning out these We're things back as in. fast as possible. Obviously, we already did like our last Jedi episode, and people can hear our thoughts on the reaction to that if right. they want to go back and listen to it. But outside of that, is this new trilogy like resonating with like a group of new fans? I mean, obviously, a ton of people go to see these movies, but is there like I think kids yes growing and no? Up? Okay, I think yes, that new kids are seeing them, and new kids probably do like them, but it's not the same. Right, they, they, they don't hold the same place. Just they're because... not getting into like the whole folklore of it. Like... No, I think because of the influence of the original trilogy, there are so many Star Wars like things. I mean, sure, okay. I would say that the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the the whole Avengers storyline that took ten years to conclude with Endgame 
probably resonates more with kids as far as them getting into the characters and learning in the comics and right. all the different iterations of these things, whether it's cartoons or whatever. I think Avengers has definitely eclipsed Star Wars in that regard. I don't think new kids are that into Star Wars like they are the Marvel stuff. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Because Star Wars is harder to get into as far as like a jumping off point. I think... yeah. The Marvel movies are pretty easy to just start anywhere and they're all kind of the same and you you get what's happening. It's very simple. Star Wars is this convoluted story about <laughs> all these different things that are happening. Secret relationships, secret kids. Yeah, and if you're like an adult and you have a kid and you're like trying to get them into it, then you have to explain like the whole idea of there being a prequel trilogy that takes place like before movies that are like right. 30 years older or you know whatever it, that getting all the time frames right and then those prequel movies are pretty boring a lot of politics in them yeah it's like based on like trade federations <laughs> it's like what is this <laughs> and then the new ones are fun and exciting but i don't know that kids are like latching onto them like they do like tony stark right. or captain marvel or whoever it's more of an obscure thing and i do think that there are probably some that hold like Ray and Finn and these Poe are characters like, yeah, like that we're those interested are her, in. Yeah, they're they're heroes to them, but I just think it's a smaller percentage than yeah. the old original movies. Well, and that's and like I said, that's because Star Wars changed movies. Well, and and plus, there's so many movies that are a version of Star Wars. They now. have to do this thing where it's like we're merging existing characters that people love with new characters that we want people to love. Yeah, and it's been kind of a wild ride with that if jj abrams had directed the last jedi and been overseeing the whole trilogy i think the whole thing would feel different okay yeah i think changing directors for the second movie was a weird choice it didn't seem like they planned out everything very well well originally they were going to have three different directors right yeah Thankfully, things have come together, and I think Abrams... They were like, we got to call an audible here, get Abrams back in the mix. Well, you know, the rumor is that they brought in George Lucas to help them with this. Wow. To help them bring this home. They're like, how are we going to finish this? Which seems crazy, and you know, you remember how bad the prequel movies are, but it's like, who better to help them bring this home? Because they clearly didn't know what they were doing when they started this trilogy. They, They thought it would just fall into place. Right. And everything would just work out. And... I will say, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi are both better than all of the prequel movies. And I don't care what anyone says. I don't care how much you hate The Last Jedi. Those prequel movies are just not very rewatchable to me. Yeah. <laughs> They're just not good. Revenge of the Sith, I would say, is okay. And the the other two are trash. Yeah. I mean, I just can't even imagine having to rewatch Phantom Menace or Attack about of the them, Clones. But I... I don't know. I, for me, I, I don't think these new ones are that much better either, though. Or I guess I'm not any more into them. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's your opinion. I mean, I think yeah. th- I think they're way better than those prequel movies because at least the people in them are, like, acting. And, that doesn't, <laughs> well, and the dialogue doesn't feel as, like, terrible. I, I don't think Adam Driver is, like, that great of an actor. That might well, be you're it. definitely, like, in the minority on yeah. that. He seems pretty beloved at this oh, point. Oh, I, I know he is. That's why I'm always like, I don't get it. Yeah, I know what you mean. He he has like a certain delivery to things that doesn't seem like a I would person say he is fits, talking. He fits more into normal things. Him being in this feels weird. It doesn't yeah. seem like he necessarily fits in with it. Although I I have heard people's take that he's the best part. 
Okay. And yeah. People love like I, his I, weird I psychosexual enjoy... <laughs> thing that's going yeah. on where he might be gay. Right. You can't really tell what's going on with Kylo Ren. Yeah. So I people, some people are into that aspect of it. I did feel like The Force Awakens, there was definitely like parts of it I liked. I kind of felt like that one had a lot of like fan service to it. It certainly did, and I liked it for that reason. I mean, okay. it was just fun. I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily think of Star Wars in the same way that I would of like Game of Thrones, which... Okay, sure. Star Wars, I, I'm all about that fan service because all of the movies except for Empire end with like a happy ending. True, true, yeah. It, it always seemed like it was a pretty straightforward, happy type movie. I mean, there was it wasn't trying to subvert expectations necessarily. It had one big reveal, obviously, <laughs> sure, which is Darth Vader is Luke's father, right? But other than that, it's like good guys versus bad guys. True. Good guys win. I thought they hit the right notes in The Force Awakens as like a way to kick off a trilogy. Yeah. And but I definitely thought taking that-, that next step. Yeah. And I don't even think The Last Jedi is that terrible. It just needed no, like no. 30 minutes cut out of it. But there's a lot of stuff in it that I it just, you just didn't don't care fit about. Yeah. With The Force Awakens. It's almost like it's from a different trilogy with the same characters. Right. All this stuff happened in The Last Jedi that I'm always just like, I don't really know what the point of that was. That whole thing where they go to that place where Benicio del Toro's character is from, right? That's the part of the movie I would cut out. Is yeah, that yeah. whole casino thing. It was terrible. But there was definitely parts in the Last Jedi that I really enjoyed, and I, I, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing how they're tying this all up. Yeah, in the trailer we see Lando Calrissian now in it. We see they're still using Leia footage, even though Carrie Fisher's been dead for years now. Right, and the voiceover is Mark Hamill, who everyone wasn't really sure what the fate of Luke Skywalker was. Is he going to be in this movie just as like a force ghost? Probably. I would think. Which they haven't used that. Oh, no, they him. used it with Yoda, right? Yeah. They're using him in it, which makes people happy. He's not just not going to be in it. So I think there's some real tearjerker potential here, especially with what happened with Carrie Fisher and this being the conclusion of a nine-part series. And yes, I even wrote in my notes, I mean, fan service city. I mean, I'm okay, sure that's yeah. what this movie right. will be. It ends on the Emperor's laugh, so that means the Emperor's probably coming back. Yeah. Which makes sense, because they killed the other guy in the last movie, now they don't have a main villain. It right. doesn't really make and sense. And we never even really figured out what the deal with that villain was. I know. He was kind of like the Night King, in yeah. a way, where we're just like, what was the point of this? Yeah. <laughs> who, who was this guy? Right. <laughs> I'm joking. With J.J. Abrams back in charge, sure. I think they'll be able to bring this home in a pretty satisfying way. There's still probably going to be some stuff where you're just scratching your head a little bit. But the trailer looks cool, and as I said to you when we were re-watching the trailer, I mean, I think the big reveal of this movie will be what's going on with Ray's parents. Sure. Clearly, there's something there. I, I mean, it seems like she has to be a Skywalker. I mean, I don't know yeah. how she can't be with the title of the movie. Just how hope, many more Skywalkers are going to rise? I just hope that there is some sort of way to do that that doesn't feel lame. Yeah. I, I hope that they've got some trick up their sleeve that they've been thinking about the whole time. I've been thinking about it a little bit today, actually. I was <laughs> like, how are they going to do this? I mean, is is, is it, it just, just going to be like Mark Hamill being <laughs> like, yeah, I fucked some chick and she was your mom? Yeah. Or or Leia, will she be Leia's daughter? Leia was never no, really in love with Han. She was in love with someone else. And Han, like, you know, Boba started Fett. a war. <laughs> over it and you know luke had to pretend like this girl wasn't really leia's daughter and <laughs> ray like, snow hit her on a <laughs> ray sand hit her on a planet <laughs> could she be the daughter of another character besides 
Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I don't know. Did Darth Vader like fuck some chick? Well, I was like, could they somehow tie this in with like Padme? But I was like, no, Padme died. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I it just there's nobody they could really tie her into besides Luke. So I, I don't know. I know it is strange. But me and you are very like amateur when it comes to Star Wars shit. Oh, we're not like super nerds. This like, is one of the things when that they I, brought out Darth right. Maul and Solo, we were just like, "What? They fucked this up so bad!" Like <laughs> I didn't get it at all. And then everyone's like, "No, he can't, he's been alive. He <laughs> yeah. never really died." Yeah, we're trying to like do the time frames of like, could he? Could this have taken place? And it, it made no sense if you try to do it just based off of like. We're key. like, yeah, Han Solo's older than Darth Vader. It's if, like no. If you take just the movies as canon. You're way out of your element at this point. Just with the Darth Maul reveal. Yeah, I know, but like, it seems like they... <laughs> For even... people who haven't seen Solo, this is like blowing their minds, maybe, <laughs> that we're just <laughs> revealing that Darth Maul and shows maybe, up. And maybe you don't need this. Well, I guess it's safe to say that you don't need it, but in Rogue One, that whole character that Force Whitaker is playing yeah. is like from the cartoon or something. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you need to have that, Okay, though. sure, you don't need it. But, yeah, to make sense of the Darth Maul thing, you probably need to have seen the thing where he comes back in the cartoon or whatever. I don't know. Maybe they'll bring back Liam Neeson as a Force ghost as well. I was speculating we would get... Which they never have done. Obi-Wan and, like, young Obi-Wan and then Anakin. Yeah, I mean, anything that's on the table now, I mean, the whole thing with Rogue One where they brought that dude back from A New Hope, you know, he's part of the fucking... Yeah, yeah. empire or whatever right yeah uh general something like and had him completely like digitized i I just feel like and we see leia in this trailer i mean it just seems like anything is on the table for what could be in it yeah well whatever it is we'll be there sure we'll be excited i'll be cheering (laughs) this will be the conclusion of the skywalker movies i think they've announced the trilogy with Benioff and Weiss from Game of Thrones, which is rumored to be focused on the Old Republic. I think they're still planning on doing stuff for the Disney Plus channel. Oh, wow. I don't know. There's yeah, a lot of there's things There's got to be still a lot of air. stuff in development still, or like, you know, way pre-production or something. Well, after the, the shit hit the fan with Last Jedi and Solo, they like threw the brakes on a lot of that stuff. So it's like, okay. who knows? But they're going to need original content for Disney Plus. So. Sure. I'm sure some Star Wars stuff will be happening for that as well. Yeah, and I mean, no matter what, you'll certainly hear me be critical of stuff or down on stuff, but uh, you know, they'll make the movie and I'm going to go see it. All right, so maybe we'll do a follow-up. Give us a second on our reactions to... Any chance the Ewoks any of these? reappear in... What's that? One, the, the Ewoks, are they coming back? I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure on they the... bring di- down the They'll Empire probably do again. like a... Disney Plus cartoon animated series of Ewoks or some shit. Who knows? We'll return to some of these, maybe. Maybe we'll we'll do a reaction to one of these. I I could feel a a give us a second about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm thinking. I I might have a lot to say. For sure. Or not. Maybe I'll just be like, we got to hold off and do an episode. Maybe like a rapid reaction, yeah. Like, we'll just record one after the third time we've seen it. Or at the very least, I'm sure we'll mention some of these during our best of 2019 wrap ups or whatever but that'll do it so follow the show on twitter at greatest pod subscribe on itunes or apple podcasts and let us know if you want a sticker sure and we'll see you next time Telephone.
But the secret is still my own. 